Welcome, listeners. This is Setting the Tone. We have a packed episode, so let's get going. Let's start with Sunday. Sunday, um, we had the Tampa Bay Buccaneers visiting the Cleveland Browns, and uh, the Cleveland Browns ended up winning that game 23-17 in overtime against Tampa Bay. And my biggest takeaway from the game yesterday was that uh, Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers are not who they are. Now, I know this is about Tampa Bay, so we'll just stay on Tom Brady right now. What we've noticed about Tom Brady is he's not what we thought he was going to be this year. Now, granted, he's dealing with some personal issues right now, but, you know, I think we all believe that we were going to get the Tom Brady that's going to go throw for 35-plus or more touchdowns and uh, 10 interceptions. This year, we've seen uh, 14 touchdowns and one interception, um, leading the league in pass attempts and everything. And you may be thinking, okay, that's fine. And everything's fine with Tom Brady, but it really isn't. I mean, earlier, he already has six losses on the schedule. He's below 500. And uh, if we look at all these pass games, Cleveland, Carolina, Green Bay, Kansas City, Look, if we look at all those losses, we've seen a lot of inconsistencies in the team. Either the offense is doing really good or the defense is really doing good and the offense is doing bad or the offense is doing good and the defense isn't holding up. This game, it was just really bad. I mean, first they took Cleveland went down the field, scored a touchdown. Then Tampa evened it. Then uh, Cleveland uh, scored a field goal. Then Tampa evened that 10-10 heading into half. And then Tom Brady in the third quarter led a seven-play, 80-yard drive for a touchdown and took the lead 17-10. And what we noticed from that and then from there, we didn't see anything else from Tom Brady in that offense. Um, What we saw in the first half was they were able to run the ball with uh, Rashad White. And from there, we haven't really been able to see much from Tampa the rest of that game. Tampa, in the end, really blew it. Their defense really blew it. And their offense really blew it, too, because six straight drives in the fourth quarter, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers just punted and punted and punted and punted. Um, If they score on one of those drives, either a touchdown or a field goal, the game's theirs. But that's not what happened. What happened, they let Cleveland get back in the game, score on a fourth and ten with an amazing catch by David Njoku. And we saw them. We saw them take this game to overtime. And in overtime, we saw Tom Brady possess the ball twice. And both both times, we saw him struggle. Uh, the offensive line wasn't holding up. He was underthrowing balls. Um, he overshot Mike Evans on on one deep ball. And Tom Brady has not looked the same. And this is where I, I brought Aaron Rodgers in. Is Aaron Rodgers is not the same quarterback? He he. He usually is. The last two years, he's been the league MVP. And uh, we've both seen them, like, decline significantly from what they're supposed to be. Now, granted, the numbers don't tell us that. But from what I've seen and from what people have seen, Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers don't look the same. And it's hard to believe that considering this, this is like a year ago. They were both at top quarterbacks. In the league with Mahomes and Allen and Herbert and Burrow. They were up there. 
and now we just don't see them at that point anymore we we see them they're still top 10 but we're not they're not at that level where they're like oh brady and rogers they're they're one and two like we've seen in the past few years and it's hard to believe that considering it was just last year they were both at the top of the game rogers won the league mvp and is in back to back and brady got voted number one player by the players as the top player in the nfl now granted i thought that was aaron donald but we're not going to get into that and so it's pretty crazy to think about another game i want to talk about really is the ravens and the jaguars now we've seen baltimore give up big leads this year or bit or give up leads in the fourth quarter. Just when you think they're going to win the game, they end up losing. So in the fourth quarter, the game was really bad. The whole the whole game was really bad for Baltimore up until the fourth quarter. They could not get anything going. Um, they couldn't really score that much. It was all field goals at that point. And up until the Jaguars fumbled within their own territory and the Ravens were able to score a touchdown to go up 19 to 10, then we saw Jacksonville drive all the way down to score a touchdown. And then we saw the Jaguars get a field goal. And then we saw them score again. And so now the, the Ravens were down by one point and Lamar Jackson leads them all the way back. They score. And now it's within it's within seven. And, and within two minutes and no timeouts, Trevor Lawrence, the first overall pick out of Clemson drives, drives them all the way back to win, to tie the game. But instead of tying it, they go for two because they have an aggressive head coach in Doug Peterson who has a history of doing this, as we saw with the Philly special in the Super Bowl against the Patriots. And they won the game on a two-point conversion. And we saw later that day also the Chargers did that with their aggressive head coach where they won the game at the end with a two-point conversion instead of just tying it and, uh, instead of heading to overtime which was pretty cool. And, you know, if I was Lamar, Lamar is in a really tough, not really tough, but a really easy situation for me if I was in his position. Now, granted, they drafted him. He was the fifth quarterback taken out of the 2018 draft. I still can't believe he was drafted the fifth quarter. He was the fifth quarterback taken in that draft because I believe there was too much hype behind Sam Darnold um, Baker Mayfield and Josh Rosen. And now we see Josh Allen and, and uh, Lamar Jackson were obviously the, the best two quarterbacks out of that draft or probably the best two picks out of that whole draft because Saquon's been out, has been in and out. He's been, he's been injured the past few years, but I would say Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen were the highlights of that draft. And... You know, heading into that, just to take you back to that night in 2018 and that draft, um, a lot of people were saying, were telling Lamar he should just switch to wide receiver in order to go to fit in with the NFL because he was not a very consistent thrower in college at Louisville. And so we head to this point right now in, in 2018, we headed to the draft and the big hype was Baker Mayfield. He had just won the Heisman, taken the Oklahoma Sooners to the college football playoffs where they lost to the where they lost to the Georgia Bulldogs. Then we had Sam Darnold, a talented, 
quarterback, but he was always a wild card because he always seemed to make plays off script, which proved to be dangerous sometimes because he would throw a lot of picks. And then we had Josh Rosen. And I didn't get the hype out of Josh Rosen. I mean, I get that he outplayed Sam Darnold when they met uh, USC when he played at UCLA. I get that. But outside of that, there was Josh Allen's a little small. I mean, Josh Rosen, my mistake. Josh Rosen was smaller, didn't have a big arm. And the only thing they had for him was that he's a smart quarterback. And if you're drafting the first round and you're the big plus on you is smart, then you should not be drafted in the first round. Cause we've seen a lot of teams make mistakes like that. Uh, the new England Patriots drafting Mac Jones, because we were told he has the IQ of a supercomputer when it comes to reading defenses and the big, he may not have the best arm. He may not have the most athletic ability, but he's the smartest quarterback, the most ready quarterback to play. Okay, draft him in the third round. You do not draft a first round guy. When you draft somebody in the first round, you are guaranteeing they're going to be a Pro Bowl, Pro Bowl um, player for the next few years to come. That is what you draft in the first round for. And so getting back to my point, Josh Rosen, Baker Mayfield, and Sam Darnold were taken ahead of, and Josh Allen, but we could understand Josh Allen now, over Lamar Jackson. But Lamar Jackson in college showed something that was unique that we haven't seen since Michael Vick was that he can take over games and you, you can ruin your defense's game plan just by running the football with him. I mean, he is that special. And so going back to this game, I mean, going back to this moment right now in Lamar Jackson's career, Lamar Jackson wanted a big contract and he wanted all of his money guaranteed because we just saw Russell Wilson get a $250 million deal, even though he hasn't even, even went before he played a snap in Denver. We saw that happen. And then we also saw Deshaun Watson, who got traded to Cleveland, the most controversial guy in the league since Colin Kaepernick. We saw this guy go to get traded to Cleveland. Cleveland's really desperate for a quarterback. Looking back on it, they just wanted to get Baker Mayfield out of the building. So they they gave the Texans three first-round draft picks, and they gave him over $300 million for a guy that has not played since 2020. And a guy that has up to 26 allegations and more counting of sexual misconduct and rape. That's what that's what Cleveland traded for. And they gave him $300 million. We saw Josh Allen get a big deal. We saw a ton of receivers this offseason get paid a lot. Tyreek Hill, when he went to Miami, got paid $30 million. We saw Devontae Adams get his money. We saw Debo Samuel get his money. We, we just saw DK Metcalf about a month ago get his money. Or two months ago. Get his money from Seattle. Um, we've seen a lot of players get paid. We saw Aaron Donald threatening to retire if he didn't get his money. And Lamar Jackson, who's been all about winning ever since he's come to Baltimore, he has one of the best uh, win pictures in the in the NFL. He's up there with Brady, Mahomes, and Garoppolo. I mean, seriously, his first year, 
He was six, no, seven and two as a starter. The next year, he won league MVP, won 14 games, two losses, lost in the first game. The next year, they go 11 and five. They make the playoffs. They win a playoff game against Titan, the Titans. They go to the Bills, and Lamar gets injured in that game. This last year, the Ravens were 8-3 and three before Lamar Jackson got injured and finished the season 8-8. Eight and eight. Lamar Jackson leads this team to wins. Now, his stats may not always be the best. He may not be the most consistent thrower of the football. But have you seen his receiving core? Tell me any quarterback in the NFL that would make this work. You can't. You can't tell me any you can't tell me any quarterback right now in the NFL that would make it work with the group of receivers he has. Now granted they have Mark Andrews, but that's it. And so they've been forced to just run the football. And when that stopped, you put Lamar in these really tough situations, throw to receivers that don't get any separation. Lamar Jackson is the most valuable player in the NFL or second to Mahomes. And he's not getting paid $300 million. He wants that contract and they're not going to give it to him. If I was Lamar, you haven't re- surrounded me with good receivers. You traded my number one receiver to Arizona. You haven't drafted any receivers outside of Marquise Brown, who you traded to Arizona. And not only did you not give me the contract I deserve, you didn't fully guarantee it like Russell Wilson's contract or Deshaun Watson's contract, who I know I'm better than. And they, I know I'm better than them and they haven't even played a snap. Think about that. Deshaun Watson has not played a snap since 2020. Russell Wilson got that money before he even played a snap in Denver. Lamar Jackson's looking around the league. He's seeing receivers get paid. He's seeing quarterbacks who didn't even didn't even get a snap get paid. And he's wondering why he's getting disrespected this much. So if I was Lamar Jackson, if they don't give me $400 million, I'm leaving. Because this defense, this team can't hold leads. I'm the only, I'm as Lamar Jackson, I'm the only person that can win the, them football games. So the Ravens better, they better surround him with receivers and pay this man if they want to keep him. But if I was Lamar, I'd leave. There are way better options out there. There are better options out there right now. I mean, and you're telling me the 49ers wouldn't get him? I mean, they try to get rid of Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, imagine Lamar Jackson with Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, Christian McCaffrey, Trent Williams, and that defense. I mean, that is the scariest team in the NFL if he goes to San Francisco. There are a lot of places for him to go. Seattle, right now, that's a good fit. That is a good fit. They got a good running back, Kenneth Walker, up there. They got Lockett and Metcalf, and it's looking like it was more Pete Carroll than it was Russell Wilson in in Seattle right now. Telling you right now, the Ravens better pay up. They better pay up because 
they have not done enough to help this man win. And he has helped them win since day one. Now, he is, there's a lot of things you can say about Lamar, but he wins. He wins football games. Moving on to the Sunday night game last night. Um, I was shocked that Green Bay was able to hang in for this game. If you're telling me before the game, okay, the Eagles are going to dominate time of possession. The Eagles are going to run almost twice as many more plays as the Packers. The Eagles are going to rush for 363 yards. Jalen Hurts is going to rush for 120 yards in the first quarter. And you're telling me that the Packers were within seven of this game? I would have never believed you. But that's what happened yesterday. The Packers hanged in with the Philadelphia Eagles last night. But it was too little too late for the Packers because they're four and eight. They're not winning. Their their playoff hopes are done. ESPN has them at 1% to make the playoffs. They're not catching up to Minnesota. It's more likely washing the four teams or three teams. Well, it's looking like all four teams in the NFC East might make the playoffs. So Green Bay season is done. And Aaron Rodgers is injured, and Jordan Love looked pretty good. And this is why you this is why you draft a quarterback in the first round. And it w- may have been a mistake and a blessing because it motivated Aaron to win back-to-back MVPs. But right now, just sit, Aaron. Let him get healthy. You're paying the guy fifty million dollars for the next four years. Let make sure he plays those four years, and just see what the kid can do. Granted, last year we saw him play a very bad game against Kansas City, but last night he looked pretty good against a very good Eagles defense. An Eagles defense that's top five in the NFL. And so what I would do is just sit Aaron for the rest of the season and just see what you got in Jordan Love. If he's good, he's good. You can move off Aaron, get some picks, and surround yourself with the future in Green Bay. If he's not good, well, then you guys are doomed because you're already paying Aaron $50 million. You drafted this kid in the first round. You moved up. You, 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 you traded picks to get this guy and you didn't, and he's not as good as what you thought he was. Cause what did I say earlier? A first round quarterback should be a pro bowl level quarterback, multiple pro bowl level. That's what you draft a guy in the first round for. So if you want to draft a backup, draft in the fourth, sixth, fifth, sixth round. Like what Tennessee and New England did last year. They drafted Tannehill's backup. New England drafted Mac Jones's backup. That's what you draft in the third, fourth, fifth round for. You don't draft in the first round to get a backup quarterback. You draft to get a Pro Bowl quarterback. So we'll see. It's good to see what Jordan Love can do. And last night he looked pretty good, but we'll see what happens the rest of the season. And I was impressed. Now, the game of the week that I watched wasn't in the NFL. It was college football. Now, I'm not a college football expert. I don't keep up with college that much. But what I do know is when Michigan and Ohio State play, you have to watch this game. This is the game of the year outside of the SEC championship or Alabama and LSU. This is the game of the year. 
Ohio State and Michigan, there was so much hype going into this. Uh, apparently, around Ohio, they would put X's over M's because they didn't want to acknowledge M for Michigan. And they, Ohio State hosted Michigan and they got, they got beat bad. It wasn't, it was almost like last year, but it was worse. It just kept getting worse and worse. So it started out the game, started out with a touchdown. They had a lead at half. Um, and then in the fourth quarter, it just blew wide open. We saw a touchdown to the tight end to make it 31 20. Then we saw um, a pick, uh, Stroud threw a pick, and then their backup running back, Michigan's backup running back, ran 75 yards, making it 38 to 20. And then Michigan gets the ball back again, and then he runs for 85 yards to make it 45-20 and just really put the game away. And this was super, super embarrassing for anybody who's an Ohio State fan or an Ohio State player or on that coaching staff or anything related to Ohio State. That was embarrassing. Your biggest rivals, who you've beat five years in a row, beat you in your home stadium by 25 points. And not only that, they planted the big M on the O. Like Baker Mayfield with his OU flag planted it on the Buckeyes. He planted the flag. I mean, seriously, this was extremely embarrassing. And it was... It was just an insane game to bet, thankfully for me, who did bet on Michigan. And I took the spread, so that's a double. Eight and a half, it was eight and a half that I took. And that was insane. I mean, there was no words. I was watching with um, a family, my girlfriend's aunt's husband. We were watching the game. He's a Michigan State fan. I was in Michigan at the time. We were watching that game, and he just hates Michigan because he's a Michigan State guy. So I guess he was just cheering for Ohio State. And he was just – he hated it. I mean, it was pretty funny watching how – he's not even an Ohio State fan. He's just a Michigan State fan. He hates Michigan. And (laughs) he looked miserable the entire time we were watching the game. It was really funny. He was – you could tell his whole mood changed. And I guess this the rivalry when it comes to the Big Ten runs really deep. And it was really fun watching that with him. He was just, not that it was fun that he was miserable, just fun, funny that, well, kind of. It was kind of funny seeing like, ah, I hate Michigan so much. And each time they score, it's, it was really funny. It was just, a, it was just a lot of fun watching the game. And my last point for the night really is, uh, you is the college football playoffs. Now, the college football playoffs, so obviously Georgia's won. They beat Tennessee. Um, they beat Florida. They beat Kentucky. They beat ranked teams. They're undefeated. No one has come close to Georgia. So they're going to be number one. Number two, I would put Michigan. They shut down an undefeated team in their home stadium and beat them by 25 points. So obviously I put them at two. Number three, TCU. They haven't lost a game. They're undefeated. 
and it seems like nobody's going to slow them down. And they're they face Kansas State this weekend, and I don't see I could see a competitive game. I don't see an upset by Kansas State, but who knows? It's college football. The fourth one, it's a bit of a tricky one. Now, granted, Alabama could make it. They were two close losses with a combined points of four points. They lost by three points to Tennessee in Tennessee. And then we saw them lose to LSU by one point in LSU. So these these losses weren't at home. But then on the other hand, we have USC. Now, USC has played an amazing... I mean, they were terrible last year. And they bring in Lincoln Riley and Caleb Williams. And it, it just seems like now they're a playoff team. The only loss they have is Utah. So this is where I would see it. If... So Georgia's obviously going to win. If USC loses loses to Utah, you have to put Alabama in. You have to. Their losses are way... It's hard to say that losses are better, but their losses have more value than, than USC's losses because they've lost now. If they lose on Saturday to Utah, they would have lost twice to Utah. So we will see what happens in the Pac-12 championship. So my biggest thing is everybody hates Bama. Of course, who wouldn't hate Bama? They've won, I believe, 12 national championships. And they dominate the sport. They end the NFL. Their players dominate the NFL. They have first rounders going in there every single year. I mean, the top five picks are going to be two players from Alabama, Bryce Young, and Will Anderson. So we will see what the committee decides to do. Now, I believe right now, I would have Alabama in over USC, even right now, even though USC has one loss because Alabama has a tougher schedule and USC USC has, hasn't really played anybody that, that much. They played Notre Dame who lost, who got shut out at home to Clemson. They beat, they beat Oregon State. Can anyone tell me where Oregon State is? I can't even pronounce, is it Corvallis? Where's Oregon State? Corvallis, that's the name, Corvallis. They, they haven't played Oregon. They lost to Utah already. It was a competitive game against Arizona. So, it the defense is really bad at USC. And not not to say that Alabama's defense is much better cuz this year they they were bad for Alabama standards. But I'd say Alabama's two losses are valued higher than USC's one loss. I think because they faced Tennessee. I mean, they lost to Tennessee. They lost to LSU at home, and it's a rivalry game. I would say I would put Alabama right now ahead of USC right now. And that that's what I would have. It. So Georgia 1, Michigan 2, 3 TCU, and 4 Bama. Not USC. 
but we will see this weekend. This weekend will be good. Will be a great weekend. I hope you guys tune in to watch Utah versus USC. You will see the next guy who should be draft, who would be drafted number one overall this year if he was eligible. But he will be next year's number one overall pick, Caleb Williams, quarterback of USC. So tune into that one. Georgia and LSU is going to be a blowout, but if you like watching the SEC championship game like me, watch it. It's always a good watch. Sometimes they get really competitive. Like we saw a couple years ago, we didn't expect Florida to be competitive with Alabama, and they were. So you never know. You never know with these SEC championship games. That's why it's the best conference. They have the best players. They're the best. So watch. You can watch the SEC championship game hoping it's a good game. But most likely Georgia's going to beat the brakes out of LSU. And But definitely watch the game of the week. You have to watch. You definitely have to watch USC and Utah. That will be the game. And for all those who haven't seen Caleb Williams, watch him. This is, he's the next one. He is the next one. He is the best college quarterback I've seen since I've been watching college football. He's better than Lawrence. He's better than Tua. He's better than Jalen Hurts. He's better than Lamar. I'm talking about in college. This guy just checks all the boxes. And Lincoln Riley has done an amazing job just bringing his program to USC. So watch this weekend, Utah versus USC. Um, Please subscribe to the Setting the Tone on Spotify and Anchor. Um, We are currently in progress of creating a TikTok and working on the Twitter and Instagram. So when we get those up, please follow those. But have a great night. Thanks for tuning in.